When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Oh, it's podcast time again. Hi, welcome to Talking Real Money Daily. I'm Don, and I'm glad you punched the button to listen. Welcome to the podcast. Got a bunch of questions to get to today, and I want to start with something I read in the Wall Street Journal, and that is, (laughs) what are people thinking? What are they thinking? number of two articles on the same thing a lot of inexperienced investors in reality gamblers people who are bored have been buying shares of hertz the rental car company and some of them bought it really low really low and it's popped way up and a lot of people, I mean, one guy risked, risked his entire life savings of like $40,000 on Hertz stock. And luckily it popped up a bit and he doubled his money. Good for him. But I think what he doesn't realize is what he's doing is not investing. This is gambling. You need to know this. Before it filed for bankruptcy, Hertz was trading at about $20 a share and its bonds were AAA rated. Now it's at $2 a share and its bonds are junk. Just like that. In just a couple of months. This is what makes stocks so blasted dangerous. Yes, it did go down to about a dollar a share after they file bankruptcy. But remember, there there are billions of dollars of bonds that sit before you in the hierarchy of creditors. And if Hertz can't come up with a plan for paying back all of that debt, the result is almost always wiping out the common shareholders completely. That is why the stock dropped below a dollar, because the smart people know that the likelihood is that while Hertz may survive, just as Delta Airlines survived or General Motors survived, those who own the stock today will not. I remember this happening distinctly with both of those stocks, with GM and Delta, people saying, well, gosh, it's so cheap, I should buy some. Well, I can tell you what you're doing right now is playing a game of greater fool. And are you going to be the greater fool? Because yesterday, not yesterday, yeah, yesterday, day before yesterday, the stock got as high as $5 again. It went from $0.55 to $5.5. 
And all of those greater fools between $2.50 and $5.50 are now feeling kind of dumb unless some greater, greater fools step in and bail them out, which is not very likely. This is not an investment. This is a game of chance. This is a game of risk. This is a casino game. Stop playing. Stop it. Unless it's money you are 100% comfortable losing in its entirety. Because when this thing starts to plunge, I mean, think about this. On April, see, no, March 25th, it was $7.70. Everybody knew they were in trouble. And on May 26th, it was down to 55 cents. Now it's back down to just over $2.00. After being up to five fifty just a couple days ago, so this is not a place to be playing with your money. In fact, money isn't for playing with anyway. I don't get the whole gambling thing, unless it's to get free drinks while playing poker at a bar in Vegas. I do not get the whole gambling thing. You're guaranteed to lose when you gamble. Oh yes, you might win, but in aggregate, we're guaranteed to lose. It's just silly. Our number is 855-935-TALK. You can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we answer your questions here on the podcast. So you can call us or you can send your questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com. Use the contact form. But it's really easy. Just dial 855-935-TALK. And here's a call from that number now. Hey, Tom and Don. Love the show. This isn't so much a question, but... Um, just wanted to actually take exception to something you guys mentioned about Dave Ramsey and Timeshare Exit Team last week. Speaking as someone who has had a timeshare and got out of it, it's a complete nightmare trying to get out of timeshares, period. You guys brought up some numbers related to how bad that company is. And I think, first of all, it's important to realize that everything associated with timeshares is underhanded and just scummy to begin with. But you guys listed off the number of complaints and length of time it takes to get out of the timeshares. I think Tom mentioned that last week. And that is true. But I think it's important also to realize the overall rating is over four out of five stars. So that means many more people are happy with the services provided. Also, they make it very clear that the money is paid up front. It's a rather large expense. And it may take some time to actually get out of the timeshare period. They've said that on the air many times when I've listened to Dave's show. Not to say that everything all the time is on the up and up, but I think overall this company sounds like something that helps more people than it hurts. Because like I said, once you have signed over your name to a timeshare, it is very hard to get out of. And people think welcome the help. Anyway, just thought I'd bring that up. Great show. Love your guys' advice. Have a good day. I 
don't like timeshares, most of them particularly. There are some that if you go to the same place over and over again, like, you know, Disney's Vacation Club or, you know, the Marriott program isn't horrible, but most of them are truly, truly, truly awful. They're high pressure. They're very expensive. You get property that's of negligible worth. You get hit with high fees. And yeah, they're hard to get out of, if not impossible. Now, you can sell your timeshare units, but you're not going to get much for them. And firms like the one we talked about that is recommended by Dave Ramsey for a fee are, I still believe, preying on people who made bad choices. Those reviews, I read all those reviews, and I got to tell you, all the five-star ones sound planted to me. And that's one of the problems with Yelp is that there are a lot of planted reviews. It's easy. Get friends to pay people to write reviews. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the Washington State Attorney General is suing them for misleading their clients. And they do have an awful lot of complaints. So while I agree that the timeshare industry is deplorable in many cases, particularly the, the more disreputable firms out there, um, there, there, there's no easy way to get out. What you can do, you can walk away. That's how you get out. That's how you get out. You signed a contract. You know, when I was 19 years old, I foolishly on my first honeymoon, when I was married at too young an age, bought Florida land from some guy who was selling it in a hotel lobby. And I paid on it for a little while until I went, well, this was just a 19-year-old stupid decision. And what did I do? I defaulted on it because there was no recourse, just like on timeshare. You just lose. Admit you lost. Don't throw good money after bad or bad money after bad. I still don't believe these people are doing a service. Still don't believe it, and I don't think the Washington Attorney General does, and I don't think most of those people at the Better Business Bureau who complain do either. Uh, 855-935-TALK, that's the number, 855-935-8255. Let's take a question that was sent in via TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. This one's about Warren Buffett. I've seen articles, videos about Buffett saying uh, selling his stocks and going to cash while I've been dollar cost averaging, continuing my 401k contributions and putting any excess cash into various ETFs. I know you can't know what's going on in his mind, but could you offer some theories on Buffett's actions and how it sort of contradicts the various axioms attributed to him? Quote, our favorite holding period is forever. Buy when others are fearful. Dollar cost average in the S&P, etc. Do you think it's the nature of running Berkshire, needing cash for the insurance companies, a value strategy, building up a large cash pile for future buys in the case the market drops? Well, you're right. I don't know. I do know what he said. And he did say that he was raising cash. He did say that. Now, he is a human being. And human beings often give great advice to others and don't always take it themselves. The other thing is, Warren Buffett is not running an index mutual fund when he runs Berkshire Hathaway. He's running a business that buys business. Businesses. And he's going to buy and sell businesses in his business. That's the nature of the business. But he still is a for the for the rest for, for the rest of us, 
those of us who don't have billions of dollars and the inclination to run a multi-billion dollar business buying and selling other companies, he still tells us to dollar cost average into indexes, although I don't think the S&P 500 is the way to do it. I think you're probably doing better than he is in that regard. But no, I don't, I don't read minds. I don't know what people are doing, but he did say he was raising cash. So I'm going to take him at his word and not worry about it too much because I think the easiest thing to do is to build a portfolio based on your risk tolerance, keep dollar cost averaging in as you're doing, and rebalance regularly. 855-935-TALK. Call or send your question in 855-935-8255. Let's take another call. Hi. Yeah. Um, my wife and I were looking over our investment portfolio, and we've been with the same investment advisor for probably 30 years. Um, but we're getting close to retirement, and um, we've always had a hard time kind of trying to figure out what the fees are, going through our statement, and exactly uh, what we're paying, what we're getting for um, income on our bonds, um, just trying to figure it out in general. Um, and uh, what we were wondering is, well, would we be better off uh, putting it into maybe a fiduciary or some other uh, advisor so that we kind of get a better understanding of where all of our money is and where it's going and just trying to get a better idea of how we're going to manage this through our retirement. And, you know, I guess just trying to figure things out so that we can kind of uh, kind of plan a little better for our retirement. I believe the broker model is broken. I do. I think that we are seeing the beginning of the end of the traditional brokerage firm. The the guy or gal, mainly guys, sitting in their ivory towers, pretending like they know something they cannot possibly know, lording their intelligence and their prowess picking stocks over us and not telling us much of anything. That is their habit. It's like, I got to get on to sell the next guy. I'm not going to talk to you about your portfolio. You said it. You don't know what you have. That's unconscionable. You should know and you should be able to ask and sit down and discuss. As a matter of fact, you should have been told why everything you have is in your portfolio, what purpose it serves, how much it costs you, and what it's going to do for you, how they all fit together, how they lead to that goal of cash and retirement. That's what you're trying to do. And that's where fiduciary advisors come in. And I do mean 100% fiduciaries, not these guys like the big brokerage firms who now have a, a registered investment advisory arm and they claim they're a fiduciary at times. I'm talking about people who walk the walk, not just talk it. And those are people who use only no-load mutual funds, only no-load mutual funds, not, not B shares or C shares. They use only asset class funds, not actively managed funds, no active management whatsoever. They base their decisions on science. They rebalance. They explain everything they're doing. They call you regularly. They discuss what's going on. As a matter of fact, we just did a class on that today, and boy, was it a good class. And we got a lot of questions about that. Well, how often does a like a fiduciary call you? 
If they don't call you at least quarterly, then you've got a problem, child. And they should get in touch with you more often than that through emails and and educational materials and the like. Yeah, no, it's time to give up on the old broker model and move on to the right way to do this. And that is a 100% fiduciary. Go to TalkingRealMoney.com and watch the video on picking a fiduciary advisor. It really will help you. And let's take one more note written in before we call it a podcast. This is on the pros and cons of covered option trading. <laughs> Something else I did in my dumber, younger days. Hi, Tom and Don. What are the pros and cons for covered options trading? Can options tradings, can an option trading plan in retirement help with wealth accumulation? Is it worth the time? And by the way, he said he couldn't download the book, but he got it through Apple Books. You know, a couple of people said they couldn't download the PDF, but every time I try it, it works. I think it may just be a browser issue or just a temporary thing. But anyway, uh, covered option trading. Really, most people do what is called covered call writing. And I'll explain to you what that is. You, to, for it to be covered, you have to already own the stock. So what you do is you own 100 shares of a stock. Let's pick a stock. Let's say Amazon. And you sell someone else by writing what is called a call option. You sell someone else the right to buy Amazon from you at a particular price at a particular date in the future. They have the right to buy your stock at that price. So let's say Amazon is, well, what is Amazon right now? Let's actually work from real pricing because I don't remember. I haven't looked at it for a while. A-M-Z-N. Amazon is at $26.50. That was a terrible stock to pick for covered call writing, because I don't know what the premiums are on those. They're going to be pretty high. But let's say somebody's willing to pay you $100 to buy it from you at $26.50. It's $26.45 right now. I'm making all this up. You get $100. If the stock goes up to $2,700, well, you lose the stock for $2,650 if that person wants to take it. Usually they'll just cover the option. They'll buy it back or something. Um, but you got to give up the stock. And so there's a danger you're going to lose a high-flying stock. You're going to get a little bit of money. It works kind of. Covered call writing sort of works when you have stocks that don't move very much. But the problem with don't move very much is it doesn't mean a darn thing because it's only past tense. They haven't moved very much. What happens if some point in the future they move a lot and you lose the stock? The rewards are not particularly great. There's a lot of work involved. It's, um, I got to tell you, long term, I did very badly. I did well at a time when the market was just flat and hanging in there. But when the market gets volatile, covered call riding will kill you. I'm opposed. It's also expensive. Thanks for that call or that note. Thanks for that note. You can send yours in at talkingrealmoney.com and uh, go to the contact form. Also, want to remind all of you that we had so much fun with our our bad broker full-time fiduciary financial advisor class today that we're going to do another one on July 1st. People signed up like crazy. 
and it really was enjoyable. We had a long question and answer period after, and I think we shared some good information. I think it really helped. So we're going to do another one on July 1st. You can go sign up for that at TalkingRealMoney.com under the events button. And thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Tell everybody you know. Promote the podcast, please. Take care. I'm Don McDonald. Talking Real Money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?